Um, welcome everybody to the fourth episode in the Metzana Partners podcast series. Um, the podcast, if you haven't tuned in before, they focus on high-performing teams, cultures, and what it means to be a leader in the 2020s. Uh, and in particular, I guess our last few have been what it, uh, focused on kind of COVID and, and what it's meant to, to work and lead over the past year. Um, and, you know, we're delighted to be joined by really different types of leaders as well as coaches and athletes. Uh, we're drawing from our, our network, our legacy of working in Olympic sport, as well as with leading global businesses through this. And today we're really delighted to be joined uh, by Jean-Michel Oro. And, and Jean-Michel is a highly experienced leader in the hospitality and now latterly workspace industries. He's been CEO and board director of a number of major recognizable brands in these sectors. And now he runs his own consultancy business, specializing in business development and turnaround in the leisure and consumer industries, both here in the UK and internationally. So listen, Jean-Michel, thank you very much. Um, we're delighted and honoured that you join us today and we're really looking forward to a, a fascinating podcast. And I'll, I'm going to pass over to you in a minute, but you know, I know I'm really excited at picking your brains and, and hearing about the impact that COVID's had on the sectors that you're involved with and what learning and insight you think we can glean from the past year. Um, and in particular, and what the future holds for these sectors. And, and in particular, I'm, I'm really keen to explore your thoughts now from a kind of a workspace perspective about what's the future for how, how and where we work. So really pleased to have you here today um, and um, looking, looking forward to the, the next 30 minutes together. Thanks a lot for having me, Catherine. Uh, thanks a lot for a glowing introduction um, and a real pleasure to be able to uh, uh, to share my thoughts and my views over what's been uh, for sure a memorable 12 months. Um, uh, lots of lots of learnings, lots of fantastic experience, positive and negative, but uh, mostly lots of learnings. Yeah, fantastic. Can, can I start by asking you to just to give a little bit more background to you and the, the sectors you worked in and, and the, the positions you've held over your career? Um, so I've been working in the uh, in the leisure and you know food retail and workspace business, so consumer facing uh, you know sector for the last thirty years. Um, I've I was fortunate enough to operate uh, internationally, having worked in uh, Yugoslavia, in Australia, in Morocco, uh, in Israel, uh, in France, and in the UK. Um, I've been in the UK for the last 24 years, uh, focusing on, on very much the, the restaurant, food, retail, and workspace experience uh, sector. Um, most of the work I've done was uh, around brand building, uh, nationally and internationally, so even based in the UK, uh, having the, uh, the, you know, the interesting challenge to develop a brand in different parts of the world. Um, and as you, as you rightly said, for the last three years, um, I've been focusing, uh, you know, on, you know, assisting uh, organization either as a non-exec or an interim CEO um, in, in some of the challenges which you know, a business may experience around turnaround, 
in terms of value creation, you know, model optimization, uh, and, and all this through very often, you know, team development, which is very much at the art of, you know, the success of business. Fantastic. And, and clearly, you know, you're, you've, you've been a leader and you've, you know, you, I know you have in the last year had a, uh, had a role you know, leading a business in a sector hugely affected by COVID. I'm just curious, what's been your kind of personal you know, and professional experience of the last year? Um, look, on, on the negative side, you know, you know, many sectors have been massively affected uh, over the last 12, 13 months. The leisure sector was totally shut down for the last 12 months. The office workers obviously were asked to work from home whenever possible. So uh, our, our cities became deserted, which obviously impacted, uh, you know, uh, food retail. Uh, Non-essential retail was shut down for most of the last 12 months. So uh, all this obviously, you know, has been a massive challenge for all those, all those businesses. And it was a total breakdown of the business model. It impacted uh, geographically. Um, the location of the consumption whenever it could take place and whenever a business could, could carry on. On, on, a, on a more positive side, um, I've been absolutely um, amazed by you know, some of the businesses and their ability to adapt, to reinvent themselves overnight. Um, you know, just, just to name a few examples, and, and business have been exposed to directly or indirectly, but an hospitality grocer having 100% of his activity within the restaurant sector, um, being able to actually switch, you know, basically overnight towards home delivery. Um, a snack retailer uh, switch, you know, operating on an 80% shop-based retail and 20% online, being able within a matter of a couple of weeks, reversing to 80% online and 20% 20% uh, uh, in store uh, because they managed to actually uh, keep you know, a very, very limited number of store open during the last 12 months. Uh, and this enabling them to basically have you know, a 2020 year flat compared to 2019, which I think is a, is a massive achievement uh, in view of what we've been experiencing. Uh, but also, you know, some people are having the capacity to completely reinvent themselves and switch totally to a different business model. You know, a gastro, uh, a gastro pub owner whom I know, who basically, you know, lost, uh, lost his business, the business went, went down and, you know, rented, uh, created a brand new business, rented a production kitchen and basically created a range of a home home cooked style meals to be delivered to people while they were working from home, and in addition to that, I think what what I've experienced, you know, in the business I was directly managed, but also some I was indirectly involved with is the the number of initiative uh, community initiative which uh, took place over the last twelve months, and people getting together to go beyond the core activity of the business, and I think this was. Uh, this was fascinating. Um, one, one project which is quite close to me because I've been supporting them on and off over the last six, seven years is the Felix project, which is initially based in London, which is tackling food waste and food poverty 
they had their busiest year uh, ever since their uh, their creation. And in 2020, they delivered 20 and 21.5 million meals, uh, which is absolutely uh, fascinating. And all these to people in needs, which obviously, as we all know, um, you know, have increased dramatically. So, you know, a, a lot of positive in something which, you know, has been a very challenging time. That's, that's great. And clearly, you know, look, there's been, yeah, we've all been affected in different ways and sectors have been affected in different ways. And, and there's clearly some great examples of businesses that have weathered the storm well and even thrived. And, you know, I'm hearing you say they're kind of the ability to adapt really quickly at speed uh, and, and reimagine, actually, reimagine a business model. So reinvent, but also reimagine. And the third thing I heard you say there was this kind of collaborative ethos and approach and really thinking kind of going beyond and thinking about, you know, what, how can we contribute together? What problems are there now, new problems to solve and how can we uh, add value and contribute? Uh, and I'm wondering, is there anything else that you've seen from businesses that have, have weathered this storm over the last year? Is there anything else that, that's been you know, particularly some of the defining features, um, apart from those things you've mentioned? Uh, I think that uh, overall, I think the business who have weathered the storm, um, uh, you know, were strong business initially. I think we need to acknowledge the fact that the business which were suffering prior, obviously were the most exposed. So, you know, businesses with strong business model prior to COVID, uh, we're able to actually focus on cash preservation, which was the key, um, you know, which was a key factor in order to obviously, um, you know, maintain themselves throughout the last 12 months, especially because, as we said earlier, many businesses had no income whatsoever. The second is their ability, their, their capacity, internal capacity to be agile. Um, I was directly involved in, um, in a business um over the last uh, 12 13 months and i've been amazed myself by um the resilience of the team but their ability under under threat uh, and uh, you know under extreme circumstances to completely change the way they work uh, you know switching to virtual uh, meeting virtual communication assisting people virtually rather than face to face and this overnight basically and you know many businesses, and there's many many examples, and we could spend you know the hours talking about it. But you know from from the medical field, where uh, you know from one day to another, um, you know uh, consultation took place virtually, and basically the, the the medical experts said that in a matter of a couple of months, you know took place a change which was anticipated to be to be taking place in six seven years. Um, so this agility capacity to adapt um, was absolutely key. Um, the, the third aspect, uh, in my view, is, is the organization which we've been focusing on the team engagement and be very creative about it. Uh, many businesses, especially in the sector I've been involved with in terms of, you know, of uh, you know, workspace, but also food retail and restaurant. Um, uh, staff were uh, were on furlough. Many many employees were put on furlough, and the businesses, in my view, 
was the best position to move forward when things are slowly to reopen, which obviously has started now, are the one who have managed to keep a very important level of engagement with their team. I think this is absolutely key, making sure that the culture which they have developed over time could be maintained and nurtured. And obviously with completely new techniques, um, you know, the organization uh, I was leading, we recognized very early on that you needed to over-communicate. So we had video call with the entire team on a weekly basis, but also it was a need to actually keep the team um, connected with one another. So over the, over the summer last year, we created a London to London challenge um, where people could virtually you know, post online um, some, some, some uh, distances for default. So in order to actually go from London to London and, and travel virtually, posting pictures and so on, and involving as many friends and family. And this was actually done in five weeks. And in, you know, in parallel to that, obviously, we raised um, funds for, for charity. This gave them a focus, and some people were absolutely not sportive, started you know, walking and started going jogging and so on. Uh, and myself, uh, I, you know, it led me to start running again. I haven't run for years, and I trained myself uh, to, um, you know, to do a 10K. So, it, you know, during all this period, um, and you know, every training was recorded and so on. And, and this has been absolutely a fantastic experience. Mm -hmm. The the last point I would add would be around um, having making sure that all the activity, uh, everything which was undertaken throughout the period. Um, either because it uh, doesn't matter if the business was trading or the business was, you know, on on life support, uh, what I call life support, everything was was still within the brand, was still within the, the culture of the company to ensure that actually this, you know, what's been taken in some instances year to build um, was being maintained and nurtured. So when things start re, uh, reopening, um, the business could then, you know, take over from where they left it, basically. It's interesting talking about this idea of kind of, you know, culture and really thinking about and looking after people. And it's one of the things that we've, we've really noticed amongst the businesses we've supported around and of, you know, really good leaders paying attention to that. So it's not just the task and what do we need to do, but really kind of thinking about and looking after people and nurturing their culture and thinking about what's the key things we need to be doing here to create this you know, connected culture where you know, we're, looking, we're, we're looking out for each other um, and, and supporting each other. Um, so I, I'm also, I'm, I'm really curious about then that the, you know, of these things are clearly lots of, you know, great innovation, agility, ability to reinvent, uh, collaboration, nurturing that connected culture what of these things um, is going to be really important what are the key lessons here that that we you know, we can take and and make sure that we're using moving forwards as businesses and leaders um I personally i think the, the biggest learning for me has been um, has been around the um, um uh, you know the, the kind of leadership um which i you know, which I had to, you know, to put in motion. I, 
I joined that business as a CEO uh, six weeks prior uh, going to lockdown, uh, meaning that I was still in the process of discovering the business, learning the business, and discovering the team. And it, you know, it became very obvious that some changes needed to take place. And you know, within a matter of uh, you know a few months, it was a matter of adjusting, you know, the way we were working, uh, redeveloping, you know, what the model was going to be, but also start communicating with a very different style than I've done in the past. So from a learning, you know, from a learning point of view, it's been absolutely fascinating year. And one thing which, you know, I was potentially preventing myself to do uh, in the past was, uh, was to, to share some of the challenges I was facing. And this time around, uh, I was most probably more honest toward the rest of the team because we were we were facing something nobody had experience with. Um, it was a level of uncertainty throughout, which was obvious. And it was not about saying, you know, I know how to do it. It was about challenge, you know, sharing with the team on a regular basis the kind of challenges which I was experiencing, which you know we were faced. And this had the benefit of, you know, showing uh, sort of a very honest and transparent leadership to the team. And the level of engagement, which, you know, I managed to get out of this was absolutely uh, among us. I mean, I was absolutely, you know, I, the team responded extremely well and, and it enabled everybody to step up. So, by sharing the challenge, and I know that there is nothing new in what I'm saying, and you know it, it's you know it it is what what you know a leader should do. But I think in this instance, because it was so extreme, I think it became even more cru crucial. So, in summary, I think over communicating, being honest, and and being slightly more open, uh, I would say towards what you know what you experience, um, and. And this has enabled the, the team to actually step up massively because they wanted clarity, they wanted guidance. And you know, this is ultimately the responsibility of, of the CEO to give that. And you know, I made sure that this would be available and we would share with them. But if I didn't know that honesty was also something which was important to share. Um, so this was for me a, a big learning, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, big learning. Yeah. Second one um, is also, you know, we we spend. I think we uh, we ourselves as an organization, but I think businesses in general um, spend more time trying to understand um, the you know the the different type of work um, in office work because ultimately suddenly people could not go to the office; they had to to be working from home. So I think we started analyzing about the different type of work and, you know, I would divide them in four, you know, the focusing work, the collaborating work, the learning work and the socializing work. And, and what, what is the role of the office in, uh, you know, what is the role the office play um, positively or negatively uh, towards, you know, those four, four models. I think this is something which, people were forced to um, analyze mostly more than they have before. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, 
and lastly, and I've mentioned, it was the uh, the agility and what it takes um, in a business to become agile and the responsibility of the leadership team, the leader leadership team, to actually remove any hurdle which could prevent a team to be agile. Yeah. I would say there are definitely the three key learning yeah. uh, in my view. And I'll pick up with you again in, in a moment around the kind of, you know, where how we work where we need to work and thinking about the nature of work because that is you know it's something that many leaders are faced with at the moment as as there's this kind of gradual you know potential return to the office navigating their way through through that um i guess i'm also interested i mean it, it, it's clear you've taken some time to reflect and extract some learnings and um You've, and, and then implement those learnings, I guess, uh, with the businesses you work with. Um, but I'm also interested in how do businesses and leaders take the time? I, you know, I feel it's a really important juncture now that, that we all do this and we extract what are the positives, what have we learned about ourselves and, and what would be the legacy for us of, of COVID? Uh, how do businesses, how do leaders do that at a time when you know potentially in your sector they're all flat out there's a you know there's high demand reopening um, and, and faced with a lot of kind of task related uh, demand and challenge i think the challenge to do that at the time where things are um you know are, are reopening and as you rightly said um you know leaders being flat out to try to get their business up and running again um, I think the challenge not to take time to reflect even a little is actually greater. Uh, I think what's absolutely key in my view is to be able to step back and, and you know, I would say there's two simple questions in my view is, how have we worked differently to enable the possible to happen? I mean, either yourself as an organization or just looking around, some people who have done better than you have, are adjusting. Some people have been more creative than some others. So what have they done, either ourselves or they, uh, to actually adapt? Um, and I think this is, you know, just a few answers to that should guide you towards trying to modify the way you work. And I think this is quite important. Second one is what structure change should we make to ensure that those changes could take place? So, you know, following the first question and some of the findings is that looking back is what are the changes in the structure I have? Um, structure could be a people structure, but it could be also the way we organize the work. Um, and, you know, ranging from the office support to, you know, the way the team is structured to the way I train them and so on. So all aspects of the business, being able to actually, um, you know, take, take a bit of, you know, distance to it and, and reflect. Um, I believe that a lot of leaders have done that during um, the lockdown. So, you know, I think a lot of them have anticipated it. So I, I would say that a lot of companies, although we're not able to adjust, I think a lot of them have, Re, you know, re, rethought, redefined their business model, the way they work, to be slightly more current and adapted to the new way of work. Mm -hmm. So, as you know, things in in the sectors that you have 
um, involvement in begin to open up the restrictions is clearly you know taking taking time if you haven't already to reflect and learn uh, is key anything else that's really important for for leaders when you look at, at the in the sectors you're involved in over the over the coming months um i would say that you know learning from learning from the last 12 months and what within the business um, you know we were able to achieve and realizing looking back that actually we were in some instances capable of moving mountain i think that as a leader um you you aim to think bigger and faster i think it's you know widely recognized the fact that actually you know forced to do so uh, many sector you know, manage to actually make, you know, take steps to transform themselves. Uh, as I said earlier, in a matter of months, they've basically covered six, seven years of, you know, what initially was anticipated. So give ourselves the means to think uh, bigger and faster. Uh, secondly, um, to elevate the to be at the same level of the to do. I was mentioning earlier in terms of the leadership style. Um, you know, as leader, we are very busy to you know, to define the strategy, look at how to, you know, what the how, you know, what, what, how do we take the business to the next level? How do we grow it? And it's all about the to be. Um, I think that the to do, um, I think that the to be in terms of, you know, how we can impact, how the, the individuals can impact and their behavior can impact and the way we lead, I think needs to be put in the same level because I think, as I said earlier, I think the organization who have been very, who have been uh, navigating the storm successfully have put much more emphasis on that. And I believe it would be a shame not to actually maintain that. I think the learning there should be maintained. Um, the, the, the other aspect uh, I would mention would be around, you know, the society and, and the business model we, we have created overall is, you know, we take good care of the uh, of the of the shareholders, which is you know, obviously uh, you know a must and obviously a positive things. But I think that the last twelve months have showed us that actually uh, looking at all stakeholder tends to actually uh, leads to more success. So not limit that to the shareholder, but the shareholder being one of the stakeholder. You know, having a more equal. Uh, uh, approach um, uh, focus towards the employee, towards the community, towards your suppliers, towards your partners. And I think that this can, in my view, lead to uh, a greater level of success and therefore benefit the shareholders. Um, I think a, a very narrow vision to focus on shareholders only, I do not believe that moving forward uh, is the right model. Mm -hmm. I think I think we'd agree with that heading into the the you know, decade decades ahead. Um, I, I want to shift shift you back to kind of this notion we've already talked about around you know how we're going to work, where we're going to work in the future. I know it's a, a um, it's it's a kind of current current passion and focus of yours, but um, you know it's it's really clear that the pandemic is going to result in potentially lasting changes in 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 how and where we work and, and live. Um, and as I said, you know, I think 
many leaders, certainly leaders of, of some of our clients are really grappling with this at the moment and um, you know, how to work that out for their business, what's right for people, what's right for their business. So look, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in what you think this will look like, how, how and where will we be working in a, in a post-pandemic world? I've mentioned earlier on the fact that we've got a better understanding today of the formals, of, you know, formals of work. You know, the focusing, the collaborating, the learning, and the socializing. Um, it is, it is, you know, widely acknowledged the fact that the office has a role to play. You know, um, in the collaborating, of course, in the socializing, of course, and in some instances in the learning. But the uh, working from home has got a role to play too. I think that businesses will need to acknowledge, you know, um, personal preferences moving forward. I don't believe that, you know, it's one model fits all, not, not at all. It, it depends on, you know, uh, where is the company in the life cycle? Um, what is the demographic it employs? What kind of sector uh, it employs? Uh, but also uh, looking at, uh, looking at uh, each, you know, function, uh, because each each function, you know, you cannot put you know the marketing team or the sales team in the same bucket as uh, you know an accounting finance function team. Um, so this this will this will obviously uh, impose some some uh, some changes, some physical changes to, to the office the office of tomorrow. Um, you know, I'll come back in a second in terms of how we could, how my, you know, what would be my advice in terms of planning this move. But um, the the office of tomorrow layout will have to be different, I believe. I think it has, it needs to be a, a place where there is flexibility, uh, there is the capacity for meetings, uh, but also uh, is being supported by multiple services. I believe that. People having worked from home and in some instances uh, very well, um, if they are suddenly being asked to go back to the office, I think the office will have to provide to them an incentive, um, either because they will be able to gather additional services uh, or the environment would be quite premium. So in a way, um, you know, moving on to sort of an hybrid model uh, in between the working from home as well as to the, uh, from the office. The, I think it is important to acknowledge the fact that organization, we need to look at the office totally differently. And, and you know, this going through, as I said, the layout of it, the kind of services, but also the technology. Uh, the office of tomorrow, I believe, um, would... Um, would feature some technology which you know which is not the case um, uh, today mm. so the, the the workspace the office almost becomes it becomes something different than our you know certainly our old vision or, or where we certainly were 10 years ago it becomes uh somewhere where there's real value add it's experiential it's really it, it, it's above and beyond what you you essentially have at, at home it, there is a reason it has to draw people in yes i i think i think totally i think it's it's not you know it's not a, a four walls uh and and you know we just pack pack it you know with desk and chairs i think there's one aspect which i haven't mentioned which is obviously an obvious one is um, you know is safety 
uh, hygiene and safety. Um, you know, it is, it is recognized the fact that, you know, we have gone through the first global pandemic uh, of the modern time, but uh, it's more than likely that we may experience some more. And therefore, uh, I think this needs to be taken into consideration as well. So our ability to create working environment uh, being adapted to that, I think is absolutely key. So next time around, our ability to react to it um, would be much greater. Uh, and you know, I'm sure there's a lot to be done um, uh, aside of you know, the workplace, but within the workplace, I think uh, a lot can be done. And I think there's a, a various stages which I think a leader should anticipate in, in terms of planning this. I think there's a certain number of questions which, you know, uh, should 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 go a leader should go through in terms of anticipating what what that you know what that office of tomorrow be. Um, I think there's a need to revisit each function um, and and what they deliver within the organization. Uh, try to assess the amount of creativity which is required within each function and what is the, the amount of routine work which needs to fall into it. What is the culture of the business? You know, how does it need to evolve? How much socializing is required to support it? Um, and this goes back to what I was saying in terms of where is the company in the life cycle? What is the communication framework which is required moving forward? Um, you know, what can be done online and what needs to be done face to face? Uh, what is the technology required moving forward? Um, where is the work, uh, the workforce? Where are they based? Uh, how much traveling do they need to do? Uh, who would prefer to work remotely? Um, the pre-COVID, 30% of, um, of the workers interviewed um, wanted an hybrid model and 62% on site. Post-COVID, uh, it's basically a swap around. 35% uh, wants to work on site and 52% hybrid. The balance is around 8 10% and uh, they want a remote working. So, uh, so it, it's quite, uh, you know, I, yeah, I don't think that any leader today can obviously ignore that. And I think this needs to be taken into, into consideration. Um, in addition to that, uh, I would say, uh, you know, some, some function um, are, you know, are difficult to recruit in, in large cities or in London, if we take the case of London. Uh, can you know? Can a business benefit from what we've just gone through, and basically start you know recruiting outside of London, abroad, if the work can be done um, remotely, and then suddenly um, you've got basically a pool of talent um, spread all over the world uh, who can actually support your business. So I believe that you know there's plenty of plenty of opportunities which. Um, this could, um, uh, you know, could, uh, this could lead to. I think all those data should be then, you know, be mapped out and, and basically uh, help uh, leaders to make the decision in regard of what is the right model adapted to their business. Is it a traditional lease with fixed desk? Is it a traditional lease with co-working desk? Is it a flexible workspace in one location? or a central one with hubs? Is it a smaller traditional lease with a flexible workspace backup for meeting room or for co-working? So there's multiple combination which are possible. 
but I believe that the workspace sector would definitely be, uh, uh, you know, be absolutely thriving moving forward because I, I believe that it could be a real answer to businesses moving forward. So, so an exciting time for the workspace sector and the sector that you've been involved in, and really, you know, this is a the kind of uh, f future gazing, anticipating, you know, these these needs and how we're going to. You know, shift how we live and work is critical here, but uh, it sounds like an exciting evolution uh, for that industry. Yes, I, I think the sector itself um, has got, you know, uh, a massive, massive potential for growth in the coming few years, because I think it does. It was already a shift, you know, it was already responding to a shift taking place before. But I believe that this has been accelerated on the back of, of what we've just gone through over the last 12 months. Fabulous. And, and some really clear and practical recommendations for, for leaders and businesses trying to work out what their, their strategy is to be, which I know many, uh, many are at the moment around um, kind of work, workspaces and uh, some kind of kind of continuation of, of uh, leasing, leasing spaces in particular at the moment. Um, conscious of time and we've been I feel like we could chat all day but I'm going to just ask you one last question and uh, probably a really broad one here but um, you know th th this starts to have real ramification for urban spaces cities be and, and larger towns um, you know I, I'm curious I guess is what what do you see the future future trends and shifts that we're going to see for for cities like London and, and, and smaller urban spaces as well Look, it's a difficult question, and I think that you know there's many scenarios possible. But one thing for sure is, um, you know, I do believe in in uh, you know in human creativity, and I believe that although some you know, the retail is going through um, you know a major crisis, um, we you know the the work, the office, the traditional office is going through major crisis as well. Uh, but this is going to open opportunities, and I, I believe that. Um, we are going to to see the uh, the city center uh, going through major transformation in, in the in the coming years. Uh, I see two um, two trends, you know, coming out. Um, one is the fact that people are going to be wanting to live closer to where they live and work. So uh, this is going to obviously change, you know, the usage of some buildings. So you know. Are we talking about office building being transformed into accommodation? The second one is something which already started over the last few years, is uh, retail uh, brick and mortar is going to become more and more experiential. I think uh, the difference is the retail brick and mortar uh, in the high street needs to differentiate itself more and more from the convenience of the online shopping. So therefore, we're talking about personal shopping. It's, it's you know using more the technology into it, um, uh, being able to actually uh, you know show uh, display the product. It's more of a showroom type of experience, very very personal, very premium in a way. Not because of the luxury element of it, but premium in a way that the customer service is second to none. So I would say that this is the two trend I would um, expect. Uh, taking place um, in, in the years to come, but definitely lots of changes ahead. Um, but I, I, you know, I remain quite positive because I think, you know, 
this norm, those situations normally, uh, you know, forces people to actually be creative and, and sometimes fantastic things come out of it. One thing for sure, it is it's a fascinating time if you can take a take a step back and big picture. It's a it's a, it's a fascinating period, and we're in for a an, an interesting uh, months and years ahead. Um, look, thank you very much. There's some great food for thought there. Um, if anybody wants to get in touch with you after listening to this podcast, have you got a website? Is it LinkedIn? What's the best way that that so yes, I, so I, I can be, you know, I'm um, I'm on LinkedIn and uh, I've got email address. I don't have a website. I you know I've been running my uh, consultancy for the last three years, but didn't get around to do uh, to do the website. But it's you know it's planned for the next few months. But uh, yeah, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, and uh, and uh, email. Uh, so your company is called Oreo Associates, O A L, uh, Oreo Associates, uh, dot UK. Uh, but look, thanks for having me and, you know, uh, leadership, leadership uh, uh, and, you know, in, in the context of COVID is a fascinating topic. Well, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a, a, a great, uh, a great last 40 minutes to chat to you. Thank you. Thank you.